Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah. Listen, let me show you how we kicking it. Lacing up my cleats to chase a goal. Being like Beckham, but we never fold. Let me show you how we kicking it. Baby, you ain't working how we working. Scoring like a 10 up on my jersey. Let me show you how we kicking it. Stay up in the field, we going hard. Pray we never see a yellow card. Let me show you how we kicking it. So if your feet can plant it to the ground, we'll go ahead and put your hands down. Let me show you how we kicking it. What is up, you guys? My name is Jess Lazo, and you are kicking it with me on the Women's College Soccer Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome to episode four of the podcast. Today's show is going to be primarily focused on the college recruiting process and what club soccer players need to do in order to continue their soccer career at the collegiate level. Um, and to add some light and clarity to this topic, we have special guest Ramon Reed on the show today. Having 26 years of experience as a club coach, with 19 of those years being at one of the top clubs in the nation, Slammers FC, and also being a college recruiting coordinator for the club, it's safe to say he brings incredible insight and knowledge to the whole process and what it takes to become a recruited college athlete. So first and foremost, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the topic at hand. Well, thank you for having me. First of all, Jess, it's an honor to be here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm so glad to, for you to be here. <laughs> so the first area I wanted to cover was just everything going on with COVID and how it's affected the club soccer community. Obviously, COVID has halted a lot of things this past year. So my question for you is, what is the status of the games right now? How has the club soccer community adjusted to this pandemic? Well, it's it's a very unique. It's something that we've never experienced um, in club soccer or in this country, period. So uh, in club soccer world, we have, it goes based on your state. So California, we're not open right now. So we're not free to play. Uh, league games or tournaments or anything like that. But some of our opponents, being that we're in a national league, like Arizona and Nevada, they are open states. So they're playing. So if we have a game that is scheduled uh, on the road at one of those states, those games can be played, but we can't host them. So, and then it's also a unique situation where our training is limited because of uh, social distancing. So we have, we're in a situation where we're, maintaining social distancing here in California, adhering to the rules. But then if we play a game out of state, there are no rules. So it's a very unique situation where um, it's tough to keep the kids prepared as much as possible while staying in compliance. So I, I think it's something that we stress a lot. You know, you probably hear as a college athlete, uh, people talk about mental toughness and things like that, but Definitely. I don't think we ever teach kids how to be mentally tough, how to be prepared. We talk about it, but now that we actually have to do it because we have to be prepared to play that game physically, emotionally, mentally without, without going through the normal drills we'd go through since you were five years old. So, and I think that's where uh, we asked our players to be mentally tough and prepared, but more important, 
as coaches, we need to be mentally tough and prepared. So we need to understand that these kids have to learn differently and we have to coach differently and still try to, it's competitive soccer. So we still have to try to get results. So that's the main challenge right now. Um, so here in California, we're still not playing games, but um, you know, we're able to go to other States and play, but that's not, it's not a weekly thing. Like, you know, normally you play every week. It's not happened. We've only done it one time. So um, it's tough. And my main concern is always the person, not just the athlete. So we want to just make sure the kids are still having fun and growing as into strong young women or young men. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That seems very, very hectic. So how many days a week are you guys able to practice? You said it's very limited. Mm -hmm. Well, we're, we, we practice the same amount of time, but we're only, we're, we're limited to one hour. Oh, okay. um, yeah, we're limited to one hours where before we could go two hours or whatever. Um, and then also we're not able to do uh, any tackling or any, any, anything that involves contact. We can't share bibs. Uh, you know, coach would bring a bib normally and you should, players are responsible for their own bib. We have to spray the, the, the balls down oh <laughs> regularly. We have to take temperatures as they arrive. Uh, we have to make sure if girls have to go to the bathroom that they're separate. They still maintain social distance as they're walking to the bathroom. Um, and that's actually monitored too by the city we're in. They'll, they'll watching us. So, um, because we don't want to lose our permits. So as a coach, I think we're always telling our kids, be mentally tough, be prepared, be organized. This is forcing us to do that as coach. Yeah. So in a way it sounds odd, but I'm enjoying it because it's forcing me to grow as a person and as a coach, finding new ways of, of teaching kids and having discipline myself. So yeah, it's a new, it's a new normal, but uh, we'll get through it. We always do. Yeah. Wow. That seems like very, um, very strict rules. Um, do you guys have to wear masks too? I mean, we do. Yeah. Okay. yeah sorry. Uh, we do the players when they're playing, they don't have to wear a mask, but the coaches have to wear a mask all the time. Um, if at practice, parents are not allowed to attend, uh, they, have to stay in their, they have to stay in their car. When we've played our games on, on the road, of, uh, I believe it's uh, uh, two parents per player or two family members or whatever per player, and they must wear a mask the entire time. So sometimes uh, policing that type of thing when we're trying to coach is a little bit tough going, you know, hey, there's a mom over there without a mask on. There's this, there's that, hey, your girls, you guys are going to the bathroom, make sure, and we're trying to think about our formation. So it is a little bit tough, but uh, in fairness, I think we throw a lot out on our athletes. Yeah. And um, it, it's, it's, we need to adjust too. I mean, as the adults here, as the coaches here, uh, we, you know, one of them, our main jobs is to solve problems, right? As coaches. So you solve it, you, you figure it out, um, you make it work and we move forward. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I cannot imagine doing like non-contact and then having to go to a game and play in an area that is not really like related to you in the sense, like you can't have any home games. That's insane. I, I mean, major props to you guys. I appreciate how you guys really make the most of the situation that you guys are having. Um, I mean, especially now, how has COVID affected the recruiting process specifically? Oh, it's tough. I'm, I'm, I'll be straight with you. It's tough because A, the coaches can't come and watch anything, number mm -hmm. one. So you're, depend you're depending on video, your grades, um, that type of thing. But the, the biggest problem is you have kids who 
haven't don't have video right now because there's no games to videotape. Yeah. So um, one thing that we say a lot is control the controllables. Okay. You can control your grades. That's not subjective. Yeah. If you got an A, you got an A. Um, so we tell them that. Um, control your fitness. You can run on your own. You can mm -hmm. lift weights on your own. You don't need to come to our practice to be fit. Okay. Some tech technical things like your first touch. You can work on those things on your own. You can go to a racquetball court and hit thousands of balls against a wall on your own to work on your left foot. So what we tell everyone is to control the controllables, um, focus on you and the areas that you need to improve on. And having done this a long time, I just believe if you work hard, you do the right things, good things come to you. So there's, it's a mindset. I, I'm, I'm just, I don't live my life focusing on the negatives on what I don't have. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to focus on the things we do have. And that kid that's not getting that video done. And then I get her transcripts and she has a great GPA. I'm like, think of all those years that you didn't think it was mattering. And now this is all you have to go by is your transcripts. And you have a phenomenal transcript. So for me, that makes, gives us room to celebrate. So that's kind of more of uh, the focus, be, be, you got to remember, I'm dealing with young women here yeah. and the, the, it's a, it's a different time. I'm also a father. My son's 13. So uh, he's actually in another room right now doing schoolwork to where um, kids are separated from their friends. Okay. So mm -hmm. we're creating some social issues in terms of anxiety and things like that. Yeah. Okay. So um, some depression, we have all those things going on. So I think it's so important when they come to practice it's where they exhale, where they go, man, it's good to be out here. It's good to see other people. It's good to do the game we love. And it's important that as coaches, we recognize that, not go, oh, we need to get this going and we need to, yeah, we need to get the work going, but we also need to identify these are young adults that we're trying to develop as people and as players. So um, for me, it, I, I find enjoyment even in that still. That uh, it's it's cool when you have to make kids go home because they don't want to leave. Yeah. Because they want to get practice. Um, kids will like, coach, do you need me to carry your ball bag? I'm like, you haven't asked to carry my ball bag in three years. Yeah. It's, kids are just appreciating little things. And for me, that's what I'm staying focused on. I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to focus on the things that are out of my control. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just after what you just said, I mean, I feel like, even for me, I've developed a deeper appreciation of things, especially soccer. Um, I mean, yeah, I feel like soccer is my escape from obviously just sitting at home and staring at my computer all day doing homework. Like, I don't want to do that. And then being able to interact with people is such a huge thing. And I mean, especially for like young girls um, that you've been coaching, I feel like that is even like more important now just to like be around people and stuff like that. Um, and then you mentioned the um, transcript aspect, just getting good grades and stuff. Um, I can relate to that on a personal level. I mean, even before COVID and everything happening, um, me going through the recruiting process, that is one thing like advice that I give, just work hard in the classroom because I definitely missed my shot at certain schools. Um, obviously everything worked out for me in the end, but like schools such as like Princeton or Georgetown where I like really wanted to go there, but they're like, you need to have a higher GPA. And I really screwed up like my freshman and sophomore year. So that's definitely something 
um, to take note at and especially now focus on that um, if you don't have like a video because um, good grades obviously mean a lot more than you'd expect. So um, another question that I have regarding the recruiting process going on now, I uh, noticed that in September, the NCAA kind of, um, they extended the recruiting dead period until January 1st. And as you mentioned before, games have been canceled. Um, and I feel like right now is just a huge time for recruiting. Um, I mean, I got recruited during the surf college showcase and I ended up going to the school that saw me there. So, I mean, how is that coming into play? I mean, you guys aren't doing any showcases anytime soon, right? Or are you going well, to the state to do that? Or? I'll tell you how crazy that is. Surf Cup, which is a, a big college showcase, as you know, in San Diego, right? Yeah. San Diego is closed. Mm -hmm. So Surf Cup, which would normally be held in the summer, is now being held January 1 in Arizona. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so the time they kids would have been seen in the summer, number one, locally in warm weather, is now going to be held over in January, which normally is high school season. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So everything is off but but here here's here's where i think soccer and any sport is, is it's a beautiful thing for, for helping you with life um if you're running a certain formation and you're getting killed what do you do adjust mm -hmm. change right you make a modification it's the same thing here um we can't do what we normally do so we adjust we we modify it we go to arizona we play surf cup in january high school we figure it out. That's our job as coaches, number one. And I think as people, as we're growing into, into adults, we have to learn not everything, as you said, I didn't get into that school. So now what? You just, no, you, you adjust. And I think for us, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm at a, a pretty big club to where coaches called us, you know, we're, we're blessed in that sense. Um, but at the same time, they need to be able to review that kid. So a lot of it comes down to um, our word. They mm -hmm. trust them trusting us, having a relationship with us in the past. Um, because now they're on a, a, a deadline because the time that they would have had commitments, they don't have now. But yet a season's going to be creeping up because you got to remember some certain parts of the country are playing right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Kansas tomorrow to watch Kansas State against, I think, TCU. Uh, kind of like a family member's playing their final game there. They've been, they played their season. It's their final, whereas the Pac-12 and the Big West have not played one game. So those, those coaches are on different recruiting time because the, the, the people in the Midwest, they're graduating kids out, you know, um, after tomorrow. Um, so they're recruiting differently. The, the schools out West, they don't know, are my seniors coming back? Are they going to say, well, I'm graduated, I'm done? because that now affects their scholarship money and how many players they're going to have. So for those guys, they're, they're all on standby in a way, but for us, we're, we're really lucky that because of our reputation, um, they trust us and they're still hitting us up. Um, but our commitments are down because they still want to see them play. Mm -hmm. So fortunately, until we get on the field on a regular basis, it's going to be, our numbers will be down, but once we start playing, it'll shoot back up. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I mean, so especially now, what do you recommend players do on and off the field in order to get noticed by college coaches? I know you already mentioned like the grades and whatnot, but what else? Um, a couple of things, your fitness. Yeah. You know, you're a college athlete. Um, your, 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 your packet, your fitness packet, right? It's mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, I gotta be fit. Well, that's something you can control. And it also could be healthy for you in terms of getting out of the house, not staring at a screen all day. Um, charted. You know, I run the 40 in this time. I lift this much weight and work on improving those things. So when we do go back, you're faster, stronger, more technical than you were. So you can actually come out of this better than you were. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's the goal to, to, to focus on those things. Um, I've encouraged our players to read, like read books in terms that'll help you understand the game. What well, it could be another sport. Like my, my son's reading he's read Bill, Phil Jackson's book, Kobe Bryant's book. And we've, we've had discussions that um, things I couldn't get through to him before because he heard it from a different perspective. Um, there are ways of growing um, other than just going on a field. Mm -hmm. So reading podcasts, um, doing Zooms with each other and, and, and just having a discussion about something you wouldn't normally talk about. Because at the end of the day, when you show up, the game is the game, yeah. but we want to make sure you're growing as a person. If you're a better person, a stronger person, you'll be a stronger soccer player. Yeah, exactly. So what are some key things you feel like, I mean, that come into play in regard to getting your players an opportunity to play at the collegiate level? Right now, um, the thing I stress obviously is grades. I talk yeah. about them all the time, but Here's the, here's the issue though on that is with this remote learning, everybody's different. Yeah. Hey, we didn't, we didn't have, we didn't, SATs got canceled last summer. So you had kids who didn't take the SAT who were stressed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that creates anxiety, calming them down, work, you know, finding out, well, are the UCs going to even take SAT scores? They might not. So it's, first of all. Oh, I can't hear you prep classes and all that stuff sorry about that um control again controlling what you can control um and most important I, I can't stress it enough is your fitness because when we can do fitness all day right mm -hmm. and then you get in the game and you're exhausted why because we're not running 80 yard sprints all the time we're not doing that and then you get in the game and no one's chasing you because remember we can't have contact so yeah. what I'm stressing to them is whatever you think is fit do more mm -hmm. because that's the old way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, and, and, you know, it's great. You guys live in a generation with YouTube. It's awesome. And we have kids that'll say, coach, can you send me some YouTube stuff? And I'll send them, but I also find myself learning to where mm -hmm. I go, I'm going to, I'm going to impl implement that into our training. So again, control the controllable thing, your fitness, your grades, your attitude by reading books, um, having conversations, um, with a coach, just simply saying, coach, how did, this is what I ask all our players. How do you think you played last year? Yeah. I played great. What was great? What do you mean? What was great? What was great? Tell me what was great about your game. Okay. What didn't you do? Well, I didn't do this well. Okay. So then when we go to training, we can work specifically on those areas and that those are conversations we wouldn't normally have if it wasn't for COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how does your 
role as a coach come into play in regard to getting your players recruited and also your role as a recruiting coordinator at the club? In the normal world or now? Both, both. Okay. Well, in the normal world, um, first and foremost is I ask a series of questions. Okay. Um, do you want to play college soccer? Years ago, that was where I ended the conversation. But as time's gone on, I, um, I learned from mistakes that I see. So the thing I always say is ask the second question to everything. Ask a second question. So I say, do you want to play college soccer? They say yes or no. Usually it's yes. And then I always say, why? Yeah. Why? And sometimes it's, well, because I played my whole life or because my parents want me to or because I like their football team. Mm -hmm. it's and then that starts to paint a picture for me and telling me a story and then what I do is I tell them the good and the bad you know you're probably going to wear sweats to class every day right your hair is going to be scrunchy every day you know you're going to be on a tight schedule you know you have you have study hall you have weightlifting you have film you have class you have you know maybe a social life um you have a lot of things and depending on the level you play at whether it's d1 and remember, within a D1, you have different levels. You know, you have mid-Americas, you have power fives, you have different levels, D2, uh, NAI. And within those, there's uh, different requirements in terms of your time. Mm -hmm. So I go over that with them. And a lot of them haven't thought of that. And some of them will start going, well, you know, I want to, for instance, if a kid says to me, I want to be a nurse. Yeah. I go to a nursing school. And I say, do you understand you're going to have labs? you understand that the school isn't going to work their class schedule around your soccer schedule so you have to be willing to understand that a you got to go to a, a program that matches that need that works with it because there's going to be coaches that say i don't care you have a, i don't care you have class we have practice yeah and then you have a, other coaches that are experienced and are used to it so i try to give them as much I give them the real, the whole story, not just cool. You can go to college and play and it's going to be fun. It's not all fun. You know, you're a college athlete. It's a lot of work involved. And the other thing is, is uh, I believe in mentorship. So having them talk to a player who's in at the college that they're looking at. So I'll connect them with one of our former players and have them talk about uh, the good, the bad. And our former players, the number one question I always ask them is, you could know this right here when you were 17 what would it be now tell that player that our kid our, our current player and they share that information and usually i get a call back this is coach you know i really want this i now know i want this or coach i, I you know i think i want maybe to go to a smaller school so we try to just give them as much real information as possible and, and i say it because we, we tend to just tell the, the good stuff, you know, the fun stuff. And uh, they don't always understand only 20 may travel on certain schools. You know, you may let be left off the travel roster. Your roommate, you may beat your roommate out. And then what? You got to come back to the room and she's giving you a side eye. Yeah. So um, we, I try to, um, A, have those conversations with them. And more important, B, give them mentors. Uh, especially on Zoom during COVID, we had former players that are nutritionists, sportscasters, professional soccer players now, all tell their stories, the good and the bad. And I think um, 
it's, it's just important to figure out which learning tool works. And I just throw the whole shit at them. I give, I give them everything. So that's kind of the difference than in the years past. Yeah. I mean, I really appreciate that you guys give them real information prior to going in because I mean, like you said, I wish I, I had that information going into college because sometimes it really is just a reality check when you really don't know what's coming. Um, and having, especially having like alumni talk to you, that's like, especially important because it's coming from like a real person, like who actually like engaged in a program and a program that might be similar to your interest or not, you know? So, I mean, I think that's especially important when you're going through the recruiting process because you never want to go into something blindsided because then you're like, whoa, why did I do this? Um, or you can go in and be like, wow, I'm really glad I did this. And I think that going through it, knowing what you're walking into is where you'll find a way to like realize this is what I want. Mm -hmm. um, I, think, I think also it's important for us, the adults to understand these are 17 and 18 year old kids, young adults making the biggest decision of their life up to this point. Mm -hmm. So what I try to do is to think of 17 and 18 year old Ramon. What did I know? I now know at my age that I didn't know a lot. Okay. Um, so what I often tell the kids is it's okay to say, I don't know. Yeah. It's okay. Because everyone thinks they have to have an answer at 17 or 18 years old. It's okay to not know. I love it when a kid goes, I don't know, coach. I thought I was going to study this. I don't know. Well, that's what we're here to talk about. Let's talk through it. Let's work it out and help a figure out who you are as a person, who you are as a student and where you belong as an athlete. Okay. It's so important because all three of those things got to match because you might pick the school that you love and not realize, well, that coach is a yellow yeller. I don't deal well with yellers mm -hmm. or that coach doesn't engage with his players or that coach likes this formation and I'm not suited for that formation. They never looked into all that when they go, Hey, I want, I got an offer from here. So what I try to do is break all those little things down. And then the last thing that's really important is there's a financial component. You know, soccer is not, it's not football where everyone's getting a full ride. You know, some get full rides in soccer, um, whether it be just through athletics, whether it's stacking money, combining it, um, you know, academic, athletic, financial aid, whatever it may, may be. And then understanding not all schools can do that. Not all schools can stack money. You might have to pick between an academic, athletic, or a financial aid package. Now we got to go to the parents and go, can you afford this school? I know this is your dream. Do you want to take out loans? Or do you go here where you won't have that bill? So there's a lot that goes into it, including you got soccer, the person, um, and then the financial component. It's, it's, and that's a family dis discussion I usually have with the parents. Mm -hmm. So, and right now with COVID, uh, not every coach is willing to just throw money out to yeah. someone they haven't seen play. So it's a lot of phone calls. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> um, including um, like your role as a coach, do you, how, how do you communicate with the college coaches and whatnot? Well, I've, I've been here for a long time, so I'm lucky to have a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it doesn't hurt that we've been successful. So, you know, they, they, uh, 
they just assume that we have some players that are going to help them. Yeah. Um, and over time, I, I, literally, I had probably three calls this morning with college coaches, and we never we talked. We barely talked soccer. We just yeah. talked about their kids, or we laughed about something. And uh, one coach, I go, "Are you gonna, are you guys going to play? You're practicing? Are you going to play?" And he's like, "I don't know." And this is a D1 coach, and we're laughing. So I think it's so important especially in the field you're going into, right? Relationships. It's so important to create great relationships because you build trust off of that. Yeah. Now with that relationship, that means I cannot lie or sell, you know, I can't be a snake oil salesman. Otherwise I'll lose trust. Mm -hmm. So it's so important. Even during this time, I say the very thing that I tell the kids, coach, I don't know. You got this new player, Ramon. Is she any good? She's good in training, but we haven't played. I don't know. Well, she's emailed us. She's emailed us. And I think we're interested in it. Well, go ahead if you want, but I can't endorse it because I haven't seen her play a real game because everyone's different. So for me, be 100% transparent, be honest, always champion for your player, push for them, but you don't want to do it to the point where you lose trust. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's okay to say, I don't know. But she does have a 4.0. I can tell you that for sure. That's not subjective. So again, yeah. it goes right back down to the same thing again. Control the things you can control. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously you've been on like, playing or coaching club soccer for 26 years. I'm sure that definitely helps in your relationships with the coaches. Anyways, what do you, I mean, what do you think the do's and don'ts are when as a player, when communicating with these coaches. I mean, I know from when I was getting recruited, I was always very persistent on like emailing and calling. I mean, there's always a fine line between being annoying and being yeah. persistent. So yeah. what is like any advice that you would give to players in regard to doing that? Because I'm sure um, coaches have told you before what is not something that you should do. So for, for me, and with our kids, um, I feel like I'm sharing a trade secret here, but that's okay. Um, I tell them if I go to a game and I'm looking for a player, I should see something different in that player than anyone else. Same thing when con contacting the coach, especially during this COVID time. The one thing I've stressed to our players during this time is be real, be authentic, that coach and his family are going through the same thing that you and your families are. So the first thing you should do is be a human being and ask that coach, how are you doing? How are your family? How are you adjusting in a COVID? Because what happens is we're just constantly taking. Yeah. Taking, 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 taking. Give me this, give me this. So what I try to encourage our players is to be real. Coach, I'm just calling to see how you're doing. I hope you and your family are well. Uh, if you guys get a chance to play, look forward to watching play. Have a great day. Boom. If I'm a coach and I see that, I'm gonna go, wow, that's different than all the other emails I got. Mm -hmm. All the other emails I got is I want something. So that's the first thing I try to tell our kids is be different. Okay. The other thing is don't write a thesis paper. Do not do that. Do not write this 12 page essay talking about your spelling bee that you got in the third grade because I get those. Don't do all that because their time is limited. They're not gonna sit there and read, read, read all this stuff. 
get right to it. Tell them most important who you play for. And then last express why um, you want to attend that, that program and how you think you're going to make them a better program. I'm going to help you guys win pac 12. Really? You're that good. You're that good. No, that's not real. Come there and say, coach, you guys have everything in your academic department, your athletic department, and you as a coach is going to help me to become a better player. And in turn, I feel like I'm going to help the program to be better. Okay. Those are real things, not give me money, give me a scholarship and make it just all business. Now I get it. Some people are going to do it that way. I don't, I don't, we don't do it that way. Try Mm -hmm. to be a little bit different uh, to stand out from the rest. No, for sure. I get that. I feel like if you're going to throw out a generic email, they're not going to reply. I mean, I've done that before and I don't know what I expected, but I didn't get anything out of it. Because they get thousands of them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's no way they can read them all. Yeah. Um, That actually leads into my next question about just communication within college coaches and players are like, I know that um, things have changed since I've been in club soccer. Um, When are players and coaches allowed to communicate with each other? So with COVID, oh my gosh, we keep changing, to be honest. Uh, You know, what's funny is I'll ask a coach. So when you, I'll give you an example. So when you played, if we played in Arizona Mm -hmm. or we played in anywhere, you go and you visit the campus, whatever, can't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So if a kid's going to go, wants to see a school when we're in the state, they have to do it on their own. Can't have, I can't have any involvement with the coaches the team or anything before it was like, we'd have a tour. No, we can't do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now with COVID and the dead period getting extended, it's to be honest, everything goes through us, through us coaches. And then we re- relay everything to the kids because there's so many coaches will go, hold on. I'm not sure if that's an infraction. I don't want to take a risk. I'll just tell Ramon. So for, it's so important now to be at a club that has a conduit uh, a liaison, if you want to call it college coordinator, whatever you want to call it, because right now the kids, and here's the other thing you have, I'm being real world. Now you have some coaches that are on furlough right now. Mm -hmm. So they're not technically working, although they still have that title. So they're going, I'm getting hundreds of emails. I can't recruit them. I can't watch them play. Are they really going to reply to those emails? Yeah. Some do, some don't. So right now, everything is in a unique time to where, Send away in California, but don't expect much. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm having a conversation with the coach, I can say, hey, look, dude, um, you know the situation. I know your situation. I think she can help you. Um, I'll get you what I can get you in terms of film. Um, here are her transcripts. And the first chance we get to play, come watch her. Mm-hmm. Because if you ask me this question, eight months ago, it would have been a different answer. This is just a totally unique deal to where uh, it is completely right now, depending on the club you're at, the level you play at, and the relationships to those coaches. So we're at a little bit of a standstill right now. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. 
I think that about covers my questions about recruiting, but before we finish off, I know that aside from coaching, you're also involved with the fellowship of Christian athletes in Southern California and you go to high schools and colleges. So can you kind of expand on that and talk about the importance of that for players? Well, for me, I'm not going to, I never, I don't hide my faith. I don't, but I don't shove it down people's throat or, you know, yeah, that, but I'm a father. Okay. So when, for me as a father, I have to realize every child that I coach is somebody's child. Mm -hmm. I have to respect that. Meaning they're going to cry. They're going to go home and say, man, because we, we, we speak into their lives negatively because you can in your head right now, think of the best coach you ever had. You can also think of the worst coach you ever had. Right. Mm -hmm. So as coaches, we have to be aware of that, that we are going to have an impact on our lives one way or another. So a word that we say is let's be intentional. We know that we're going to have an impact. So let's intentionally have a positive impact on their lives. Okay. So with my faith, I, I say, how, how does God think I should treat this child? Well, I should treat him like I would treat my own kid, which means I got to be hard on him sometimes because mm -hmm. I got to help him grow. But I also can never forget, especially when you're dealing with girls, this is a 15 year old girl who's very impressionable that may not have the highest self-esteem. So beating her down is not healthy for her in the long run. The greatest thing that, that, that I, I, I last year or two years ago, I don't remember a kid that I rarely, I didn't even talk to that much, had a great relationship with her. Didn't talk to her that much. She went away to college. She came back home. You know, she met her, her boyfriend in college had a, you know, they got engaged and something fell through when the wedding and she calls me, she's now 26 years old. Today, Coach Ramon, will you officiate my wedding? Oh. So for me, when I got into coaching, I never in a million years would think I would do some. I, I, I'll be honest with you, Jess. I told her no. Okay. And I told her no because I didn't feel like I was worthy. I'm like, no, I don't want to be a part of that memory. I'm, I'm just a dumb soccer coach. And then luckily I have a friend who said, man, that was really selfish of you. You know, the very thing you encourage your players to do, to take risks, to step out, to um, to be more than what you think, she's asking you to do that and you didn't do it. And I thought, you're right. Because that's a, this is a girl who didn't have a ton of self-confidence that went on, played D1, got her master's degree, uh, is marrying a, a pro football player, all these things. And I'm like, he's right. So I called her back and I said, uh, hey, I changed my mind. Uh, I'll do it if it's not too late. She, she's now, mind you, I had her as a kid. Mm -hmm. She's now a young woman. She laughs. She laughs. I go, why are you laughing at me? She goes, because I knew you'd call me back. I knew you would change your mind. I said, well, how did you know that? She goes, because that's what you taught me as a kid. And go to the wedding. We do the wedding. And I look in the crowd and I see a bunch of our former players. One of them, Jordan O'Brien, you'd know. You knew yeah. her. She's in the crowd. You know, after she flew in from like Argentina and I'm looking and our girls are adults, you know, and as she's walking down the aisle, aisle and I'm going to officiate, I lose it. I'm bawling because I see her as a little kid still. And I'm thinking, wow, I get to play this part in her life through soccer. You get what I'm saying? Soccer led me to this. Now, I'm not saying let's go about this going, oh, we're going to get to officiate weddings. We're going to get to do this. We're gonna, I'm not saying that. Just be aware we play a huge role in their lives. Okay. So 
if you're going to say a negative thing to them, you got to make sure you counter that with a whole bunch of positives. Mm-hmm. Here's that, that takes her down. We got to build them up. And for me, my faith is at the backbone of that, because especially during COVID, we've dealt with depression. We've dealt with anxiety like never before. Uh, kids just alone, isolated. We Yesterday, the other day, I had a kid that said, I said, how's school? Because she went from eighth grade to ninth grade. She goes, coach, I went from a public school to a private school. I don't know anybody. What do you mean? She goes, all my classes are online, so I have no friends right now. I go, really? She goes, yeah, I left my school to go to this school, but yet I don't go in person. I said, oh, wow. And I said, okay, when you're out here, we're your friends. This is your, this is your family away from your family. But I have to be aware of that because mm-hmm. now it changes how I coach her because she's already coming there a little bit down. So my job before I coach her is to get her in a place where she's coachable. And that's wanting to be there. And when kids go, Ramon, can we have another practice? Can we get a, get a, another day? That's the best thing that anyone can ever say to me. That, because that means we've created an environment that kids want to be at. And when they want to be there, they grow. So I'm just a little, a little, if I didn't shave my head, you'd see I have gray hair. I'm a little older now. <laughs> so I'm a little older and I, and I hope with that comes a little wisdom. Um, and, and being a parent is huge. You know, I watch my own son. He stares at a phone all the time. He's working on a laptop. I want to make sure we stay connected as people. It's so important. That's how we grow. And that's how we can feel and express love. Mm-hmm. So I know I gave you a long answer to a short question, but um, that's kind of my, my way of doing it. Yeah. I mean, thank you for sharing that because I, I feel like I can resonate with that a lot. Um, just growing up playing soccer, I feel like you said, coaches play a huge role in our lives. And I don't know, it just, I feel like, like you said, like, if you don't have the greatest self-esteem, I mean, I've been through that. Like you need someone to bring you back up. And if they're constantly putting you down, like that's, that's not helping. And, um, like a coach is a huge figure in your life that you are constantly trying to like prove yourself to. And if they're constantly giving you negative remarks, then, I mean, that's going to have a lasting impact impact on you. I mean, sometimes I think about like, damn, like I, like, I still think about certain things that some of my coaches have said. And I mean, obviously I think I've built from that and I've become stronger from that, but it, it some at some points it didn't help either so yeah like you said credit to you that you're able to build from that but there's also the flip side where some don't recover from that where I've gone to I've gone to weddings of our players and they'll come and they're adults now and they're like hey you know what I played for this coach and it's still bothering me I'm like you're 27 years old <laughs> yeah it's still bothering me and you know what and that hurts that hurts me because I think that we've failed those kids if they're walking around with that baggage all these years later, because they are impressionable kids. I, I can think of coaches that I had as a kid and I'm much older than you positively and negatively, but here's where I'm, I'm, I'm lucky in a sense that the guy that was that jerk coach, me and my buddies, we laugh about him. We kind of, kind of, we kind of almost go, God, what kind of loser was that guy to tear down a 14 year old boy? Mm-hmm. So that's how I go about it. And I talk to my players now. I go, I get no joy in yelling at a 16-year-old girl. What's that say about me as a man? 
Mm-hmm. Now, coaching them and motivating them and pushing them, that's different. You know, we can coach loudly, but tearing them down and saying negative comments, that, that, that shows to me that coach's immaturity, number one. And number two, the fact that they're in this for the wrong reasons. We, we're, we're about, this is still about people and developing kids. Um, the, the fact that I'm on this right now, doing this with you, to me, it's like so humbling to me. It's so humbling because I knew you as a kid. Mm-hmm. For me to go, Jess is in college and she's has the guts to, to, to do this podcast on her own and to call me. I go, wow. It, it, you actually are like, you're encouraging me right now. Like, I want to go to practice tonight. I want to talk about this with our kids. I want to tell that 16-year-old, 15-year-old Jess that I coach right now. I want to tell her about you. I want to say, hey. Hey, remember how you weren't sure about, you know, because we got kids that want to do this very thing you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them, no, I just was on a podcast. She did it. She's doing it right now. And I'll probably give her your phone number and I'll say, you can do this. So you doing this, and, and I believe, call it reciprocity, call it whatever you want, reaping what you sow. I just believe that if I put out as much positive and good, I, I believe It'll come back to me, maybe not right away, but in time. And I'm blessed with an amazing son. I'm, I'm honored to be his dad. And I see uh, my players, college coaches. He's flying with me to Kansas State tomorrow. Um, I see him, the recipient of so much love from people. Mm-hmm. It encourages me to keep doing it. So you doing this podcast, you thought, oh, I'm going to do this podcast. Little did you know you were going to play a role in my life and encouraging me. So now you're my coach. So it's pretty cool. Thank you. I, that really means a lot coming from you. Um, yeah, I mean, back to what you said about your player, Jess, 15, who you said that she might want to do this later. I mean, I've definitely had doubts in my head about like, do I want to do this? This is such like a niche market. This is so scary. Like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I don't know if I'll make it, but then I'm like, why am I saying these things? Like I have to do things that scare me. I have to push myself and step away from the fear and just go all in. And I think that relates to soccer and just in life. Um, And I don't know, just in general. And I think that by you saying that, that, I mean, that really resonated with me. And I mean, I've, that's happened with me throughout my whole life. And I feel like I've kind of finally stepped out of my comfort zone to do what I want with soccer and with my career, so. Yeah. Fear is something, it's an acronym, acronym that I try to apply. It's fear is false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. No one, <laughs> my players laugh at me because I say this same line every practice. I'll say, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you go after that ball? Why didn't you head that ball? Well, I was afraid. I said, did that gun have a ball? Uh, I mean, that ball have a gun? What were you afraid of? They always go, Ramon, of course it didn't have a gun. I said, then what were you afraid of? that you created that fear in your own mind. Mm-hmm. We created it. Now, I, I, I do it too. I'm guilty of it too. The key though is I tell my players a lot of times, you know, we say learn from your mistakes, right? I try to tell our players and my son, learn from my mistakes, Ramon's mistakes, okay? Because that's wisdom. Me sharing, you that, sharing with you that knowledge, you get the knowledge minus the pain, okay? Because so many things you learn now through pain, right? Through suffering. Mm -hmm. Oh, I wish I'd known this then. Why do we have to go through all that? And we somehow think that. 
Because what happens is we create a lot of damage along the way, insecurity, self-esteem issues, a depression, uh, lots of things through that damage. Instead, I just say, you know what? I was insecure as a 15 year old. This is what I felt. Boom, 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 boom. Kid goes, wow, I can learn that from Ramon's story and apply it to my own life. Now she doesn't have to go through it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we can, we can grow together, but we have to have the willingness to share. And you stepping out and doing this podcast, when you just told me you had insecurities, it, it's someone's going to watch this and grow and not have to go through what you went through. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Exactly. Um, well, I, I mean, I think this about covers everything that I wanted to talk about in the show, but I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, even though I never had the opportunity to be coached by you during my few years at Slammers, I feel like you were one of the few people who had a lasting impact on me while I was at Slammers. Um, I mean, you would come to our games and I feel like you immediately brought so much positive energy to the bench. And I felt like, I mean, there was one moment where I like, there was a one moment where I was like falling on the bench. I don't know if you remember this. And um, you were like really trying to come for me and make me feel better. So, I mean, you always pick me up when I was down. And I mean, I know that you do that to all the girls you coach or who like you bring into your life. So, um, I mean, I'm forever grateful that I had the opportunity to get to know you. And I know that everyone that you've coached and got to know feel the same way. So thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Proud of you, kid. Really proud of you. Thank you. So thank you for tuning in on our show today. If you want to tune in next week, I'm available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. See you next week. And thanks for kicking it with me on the Women's College Soccer Podcast. Let me show you how we kicking it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.